Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Drivers, start your engines! Hit the pace car! What for? Because you hit every other damn thing out there, I want you to be perfect! When I'm driving, I got a guy on the radio who talks to me. He talks to me. He didn't slam you, he didn't bump you, he didn't nudge you, he rubbed you, and rubbing son is racing. Hey race fans, welcome to the Hoobazoo Radio Network, and welcome to the Drafting the Circuits radio program. My name is Frank Santoroski, I'll be your host for the next hour as we talk over everything racing. Uh, before we get into a discussion, let me introduce you to the panel I've assembled tonight. Uh, with me from Richard Childress Racing, Mr. Gray Warren, uh, the CEO of Rouge Engineering, Richard Uden from IndyCar.com. Joey Barnes, and the NASCAR correspondent at Motorsports Tribune, Seth Eggert. How is everybody this evening? Terrific. Doing good. Very good, thank you. All right, so pretty exciting weekend of, uh, of on-track racing action with uh, Formula One down in Mexico. Uh, Lewis Hamilton showing up uh, his fifth championship. Um, NASCAR um, Starting off the uh, the last round of the playoffs before the finals, and uh, Joey Logano being the first one to uh, officially punch his ticket to Miami. Uh, but before we get into talking about all that race action, um, there's a lot of news coming out of the IndyCar series um, right now that I kind of want to go over and discuss with my friend Joey, who's uh, been you know uh, uh, in tight with the IndyCar folks. So, uh, but first off, Robert Wickens, right? He's been uh, you had that horrible crash at Pocono. Uh, news has been few and far between on, on his condition. He's been letting these little blurbs out on social media where we see him uh, uh, racing a wheelchair with James Hinchcliffe, or we see the little little ticks of knee movement and whatnot. But he um, he had put something on his social media recently uh, where he said he was doing his first roll into the chair or out of the chair as a paraplegic. Um, so from there, all of these racing news media outlets came out with the headline, Robert Wickens confirms he's paralyzed from the waist down. Um, and they, they just ran with it. Uh, and you're, you're talking, you know, racer auto week, um, NBC sports, everybody ran with that. Um, and then Wickens, uh, comes back on the next day to kind of clarify um, his comment of being paraplegic is that, uh, yes, he is indeed paralyzed at the moment, uh, but he does have sparks of leg movement here and there. 
um, and he's trying to spark those muscles. Um, but it's going to be a long recovery process. Um, he himself said he hopes to work over the next 24 months to be able to walk again. Uh, but the fact he said, you know, that he's going to work hard to be able to walk again, you know, that's that's a little brighter than paralyzed from the waist down. You know, there there is some hope. So, uh, but in the meantime, uh, while we're wishing Robbie well, um, Marcus Erickson has been signed um, to fill that seat. Um, alongside James Hinchcliffe, they're going to number the car seven, uh, which was the previous number of the car back when uh, Alation was driving it, um, leaving the six open for Wickens if and when he's ready to come back. So uh, now, Joey, uh, Marcus Erickson uh, coming out of Formula One. Um, obviously, he's probably bringing some funding to the team. But, uh, I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, the, the kid's pretty good from, from what I hear. Uh, is this uh, this what IndyCar needs? I know a lot of folks are saying, oh, no, another Formula One reject. But uh, it, not quite that way, is it? I don't believe so. I mean, he's maybe not the guy that, that IndyCar fans wanted from F1, but he's certainly maybe the one that they need right now. I, I think that, uh, you know, in, in many ways, this is a good situation for both parties because – you know, Erickson's kind of waiting out a two-year situation at Sauber to maybe long shot, in my opinion, but maybe get himself back into a role as the primary driver over there at at uh, Sauber. Waiting on Giovinazzi and waiting on Kimi, you're going to be waiting for a while. But, um, you know, and he'll be 30 by then also, or just past 30. So that kind of opportunity there to kind of get back into Formula One at that point. I think we know what Marcus Erickson is in Formula One, and I think he's about that role that he's going to fill maximum from here on out. Um, that said, his stock's really never been higher because he's never been on a, in a situation before where he could score points with the team on a consistent basis. And Sauber's become a consistent point-scoring team. And so when you look at how he's driven, he's driven pretty smart. He hasn't been in over his head like maybe he was his first year in the sport. Um, so I like what IndyCar's getting in the fact that they're getting somebody that has experience, is seasoned, and I think the biggest thing that is good about this is because he's on that two-year situation, this seems like it's a case-by-case, year-by-year basis with Schmidt until they can kind of figure out where Robbie might be in his recovery maybe by the end of the year, depending on how things progress. It's a very long way off. But being optimistic, this at least gives you a little bit of an insurance policy in the meantime. Uh, it also gives them funding. And I believe that, you know, all things considered, the one thing that I like about guys from Europe coming over here to the States, A, it makes IndyCar much more competitive. It's already the most competitive series in the world. But there's something to be said for the kind of engineering feedback you know, when you're looking for guys to be able to break down the process of a car from front wing to rear wing and damper program and everything in between, I think it's important that you have a guy that can actually get proper feedback and understand how to how to dissect a car. And guys from Formula One coming over to the States know how to do that just because they've been, I mean, Richard, you know this. I mean, the engineering meetings that you have and the way that things are broken down, they're so specific in Formula One. And so to kind of bring it in more of a general terms in IndyCar, I think that guys like him specifically with the kind of background payoff big, uh, I'm interested to see how he can adapt to ovals. Uh, I expect him to be good maybe in terms of adaptability at short ovals, but I think that the speedways are what's going to be 
kind of a tricky scenario for him, as they are for all rookies. But, um, you know, I'm interested to see his feedback as far as the comparison for how the F1 car, which is he's driven two different generations of F1 car now with the, with the older version and now the wider version with the tires, the big tires, and, and just the car that had a little bit more downforce and it's just that much quicker. And he comes over here to a more or less a spec series. And, um, yeah, gets to run certain places twice. Uh, you know, he's running Coda in Formula One. He's going to have some experience running Coda now in IndyCar. I'm curious to see the kind of differences that, that both situations bring for him. So uh, I think it's a good move for both parties, long-winded version. Long-winded version, yeah, sure. So now, Richard, you've uh, you've watched Erickson a little bit. Have you had any thoughts on this real quick? Um, yeah, I think he's been – how should we put it? He's done everything that's been asked of him. You know, he's not, um, you know, he's not one of the drivers that digs up any trees in Formula 1, but he's hung around long enough to, to obviously be competent and be more than capable of, um, you know, standing on his own two feet out there against some pretty, you know, some pretty decent teammates there. I mean, last, uh, you know, this year being up, being up against um, Charles Leclerc at, um, you know, Sauber, everybody's been waxing lyrical about how great Charles Leclerc is, but, um, you know, Ericsson hasn't exactly... Uh, Made himself look silly there, so um, I think it's a good move for him. He's going to keep racing, keeping that um, you know competitive edge uh, going, uh, which I think is important for anybody that um, you know maybe wants to to get a drive back in Formula One at some point in the future. But um, is he one of the superstars of the sport? You know, as as Joe mentioned earlier, he's not the guy that people wanted to come over from Formula One, but he's certainly extremely competent and will. Um, you know, give it a good go and and be um, be committed to it. Um, so I think it's a good move for him. Um, I, I personally, I can't see him getting back into Formula One. I think he's had an opportunity. He's proven he's a solid driver, but he's nothing much more than that. I mean, here's the thing that I think is kind of interesting is that we've had guys like Jordan King. And, and, you know, even Alfonso Sellis Jr., who's a Force India test driver, come over here. And we've seen that, especially with Jordan King, where maybe the pace was kind of there, but the results just haven't been able to, to be there to put a complete race together. I mean, this is a full-on driver who's hit the top marks in, in motorsport, being in Formula One. Uh, whether that yeah. comes off of, off of being uh, a paid driver or not, at the end of the day, he's also, as Richard said, kind of been able to stand his ground over the years and evolve and and get better because he wasn't very good when he first got into the sport. Um, you know, he's Charles pick level in some regard. So, um, yes, <laughs> but, but that's, but that said, and I, this is where I wanted to pick Richard's brain on it. Do you find it kind of fascinating that we're starting to see, you know, it wasn't that long ago that the world endurance championship was the place that, that formula one drivers went whenever they wanted to kind of go post career, you know, Mark Webber, Jensen button, Fernando's flirting with Toyota right now. You find it kind of fascinating that we're starting to see a changing of the guard where I don't know if it's by default with stuff that's gone on with WEC over the years or if it's just because there's much more attention being put on F on, on IndyCar now. There seems to be a little bit of a changing of the guard as far as where drivers are putting their uh, their eggs, you know, which basket they're putting their eggs in. And I feel like it's uh, – what are your thoughts on that? I mean, why, why suddenly the, the move to where more are coming to IndyCar versus looking more at WEC? It's an interesting, isn't it? I think, um, you know, as you say, you know, it wasn't a few years ago. You, knew, I mean, goodness, you go back 10, 
12 years ago, his DTM was where all the drivers went, you know, the Ralph Schumacher, David Coulthard, Mick Hackens, guys like that, and then he just said it was endurance racing with with Jensen and, and Mark Webber. And now, um, you know, you're seeing guys show real interest in, you know, expanding the single seater. So, you know, the former E with Stoffel van Dorn and, and guys like that, and IndyCar with, with Ericsson and, um, you know, Alonso potentially. So, as to why, I, I don't think there's any one thing. I don't think you can say, oh, IndyCar's getting more competitive or this is getting more competitive or, or the culture in this particular uh, racing series is, is getting more Formula One-like or less Formula One-like or whatever you may want to be. I think it's just... IndyCar hasn't really changed over the last three or four years. Yeah. Uh, you know... World endurance hasn't changed. I think Formula E is picking up. So obviously, um, as the manufacturers are getting involved in Formula E, um, you know the, the drivers want to align themselves to the manufacturers. Um, oh. So it could be potentially something. To, uh, it could be that you know IndyCar is just becoming more stable and more uh, well, obtainable. Well, so I think the IndyCar right now is is a bigger stage than than World Endurance is. And another thing too. When you look, there's only 20 rides in in Formula One, and really only six guys occupy the the, the top rides. So you got 14 guys out there that that are just essentially for nothing better, uh, you know, uh, just just field fillers. And I tell you, you know, you've seen guys come over in the past, like Mansell. Uh, Mansell came over; he had some success, um, and. Uh, it, to me, it's like a natural progression. And I think, too, the shelf life for a Formula One driver is much it, it, it's not as long as, 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 as an IndyCar driver. You've got guys that have gone and make good, long careers in, in the IndyCar ranks, which where you don't have that or see that in, in Formula One these days. So to me, it, it's a natural progression to come over because the, the rate is open wheel, open cockpit racing, similar. We've gone to more... Uh, more uh, street and uh, and road natural terrain road courses uh, than we have ovals, so it's uh, it's 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 a natural slide in for these guys, I think. Yeah, I think I mean you know some of these guys that want to sort of maintain their concept of being competitive and you know I'm going to get back into the Formula One. It's probably you know I think you're probably more likely to see that through IndyCar. Um, yeah, and it's a, and you're still on a big stage. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, you, you, the Indy 500, one of the biggest races in the world. And I think too, you know, I think uh, uh, IndyCar is 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 more well received. And like I said, with its current, uh, you know, in the last several years, the bump it's gotten. I think too mm -hmm. that uh, with uh, Alonso coming over and giving it a whirl at. Uh, at Indy a couple of years ago is, is helped that uh, that statue uh, of, of the sport too to some degree. Yeah, no, I think you're very right there. Um, yeah, yeah, it's all good stuff. So now we were discussing Jordan King a moment ago, and did that that kind of segues into another IndyCar story that's come out this week. You know, we uh, had recently learned that um, Jordan King will not be retained by Ed Carpenter Racing in favor of Ed Jones, who's uh, coming coming on board and bringing you know Scuderia Corsa uh on board and now the the news comes out this week that um 
Ed Carpenter Racing is going to lose Fuzzy's Vodka as a sponsor. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Fuzzies has been a great supporter of ECR um, and the Speedway. I mean, if you uh, have been to the Indy 500 anytime in the last 10 years, there are, uh, you know, Fuzzies Vodka displays everywhere. The official vodka of the Motor Speedway, you know, they have the the commemorative bottle every year and, and you know, they're, they're making the, the Moscow Mules or the or the you know the all the vodka drinks there with fuzzies, but uh, but now that's no more. So that kind of you know makes sense that uh, why they Ed looked to a partnership with a Corsa or Corsi rather. Um, but um, but as, as if you look at this thing, uh, Stuart Reed is one of the owners of ECR along with uh, Tony George and Ed Carpenter. Stuart Reed was also a part owner of Fuzzy's Vodka along with Fuzzy Zeller and a few other partners. Now, Stuart recently sold off his stock um, in Fuzzy's, so the connection's not there. But, uh, you know, I just wonder if this puts the the team in a kind of a, a deep financial hole or not, because they, the first thing they said was this does not affect their 2019 plans at all. Uh, they're good to go with two full-time cars. So uh, Joe, are you hearing anything in the, uh, you know, in, in the IndyCar world about uh, if there's a replacement sponsor or is, um, you know, Corsi bringing enough uh, cash to fill the gap? I, I think you're running into a scenario where, it's kind of a seamless transition from as far as money goes with with Fuzzies taking the departing role there and then Scuderia Corsa coming in. Uh, I think the thing that this mitigates is maybe what was trying to be done, which is have Ed in a, uh, in a third car running ovals only, and then you run into a scenario where you actually have two full-time entries that are where Ed Jones isn't just going to be doing road and streets per se. You're able to have Ed Jones run for an entire championship, so uh, I think that this this scenario hurts that potentially happening. Um, maybe we're a year away from it, but you know, this is to put it nicely. This is probably one of the the bigger storylines coming out of the week, just because you know we're so used to here lately seeing new teams break into the sport, and and with that, new sponsors that come into the sport. I mean, gosh, last year. I don't know if y'all remember, but leading up to the season, every single week, we got a new Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan sponsor announcement. And I mean, that went all the way through to Phoenix. And, you know, I remember uh, Kathy, the PR over there at Ray Hall. I mean, 
she just looked at me and she was so happy, but she was keeping busy with how many times she had to go through because of all the sponsors that were coming in. And, and I think that that was obviously very positive. And so this is maybe the first negative that kind of comes out of, out of what was a really good 2018. I'm really curious as to, you know, necessarily why, why now, I guess, whenever we're starting to see IndyCar put itself into a bigger platform. Uh, obviously the ownership share thing that you kind of alluded to, Certainly is a big factor in that, but um, you know I, I'm a big advocate in thinking a couple of things, and that's you know in my in my opinion we don't obviously have any more of the R.J. Reynolds tobacco stuff that's broadcast everywhere, advertising and stuff. So to me, the money that we lost back in the day uh, where tobacco filled is now being represented with energy drinks, and I feel like. You know, that money from energy drinks isn't necessarily getting floated to IndyCar in a heavy heavy dose situation, per se. I mean, there's a few sponsors, a few of them that are signed on with drivers, but nothing that's big with a team, nothing that's big within the sport itself. And I think that maybe is something that's missing, um, you know. And with that, um, there's also maybe not as much alcohol sponsor involvement. And we've seen alcohol sponsors in motorsports, period, take a hit um, with certain things that's even happened on the NASCAR side. So Yeah, I, I believe that that has, actually has something to do with, and I really can't articulate this well, but the, the alcohol sponsorships are still legal and allowed, but, but there's limitations and taxes put on the sponsorship money. So, which is well, why you, you see Miller pulling back in NASCAR is, you know, they've got Keselowski down to uh, 11 races with the Miller car. You know, the, the Budweiser car is gone. Uh, Harvick has, I think, what, eight or nine with the Bush. But, uh, yeah, the alcohol sponsors are seen to be uh, uh, pulling back. And I'm I, I, somebody had said something about taxes or, or legislation or something, but I really, I, I really am not. You know, deep well, seeped, see, seeped in that. So it's the overall climate in motorsports right now. It's not every everybody has pulled back and cut back. That's why these teams scramble and scramble to sell sell these these as individual races now. The the NASCAR teams are selling those. You still get a few like and he. Uh, I mean, Joey alluded to the the energy drinks. You've got uh, Nas and monster and and a few involved in uh in in the cup side you've got um you, you know mountain for one thing mountain dew some of the soft drinks have pulled back you know in fact mountain dew uh was on uh uh chase elliott's car uh as the primary sponsor for the dover win and they have not had a win as a primary sponsor it goes all the way back to the daryl waltrip days Back in the uh, back in the early '80s, so I mean it's it's the overall climate right now. Didn't didn't Kyle Petty didn't Kyle Petty win a race in a Mountain Dew car? Mellow Yellow. Oh, Mellow Yellow okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Which is a similar drink, but it's on the right. That the, that that's the northerner in me, not knowing yeah, it's my on the not knowing side. my pops. <laughs> but, but yeah, I apologize. I mean, not only NASCAR, IndyCar, they're all facing the same uh, uh, face the same issues when they're going after these sponsors. And uh, the the money is tighter. It's it's not there like it was uh, years ago. So they're all fighting for that for that dollar. And uh, 
that's part of it. I, I, I like I hate to see hated to see Fuzzy's vodka go because they not only did so much for 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 Ed Carpenter Racing, they promoted the Speedway and the series. And that's it's always difficult when you leave a sponsor that that uh, that that takes on you know more than just sponsoring uh, a, a team. So yeah, I think that's unfortunate they leave. But again, but there again you know, that leaves the door open for someone else to come in too. So it's not, you know, and I, and like Joey said, I believe it was a seamless transition. It did, did not, I'm sure Ed Carpenter and him, they knew this was coming uh, several months ago and were able to prepare for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at this situation though. Number one, I see, you know, alcohol advertising all over baseball fields and football. Field. So I don't right. want to hear about the taxes and the way that that's taking right. a hit. It's just the direction of where they want the company to go at the end of the day. And exactly, we live in a in a day and age now where everything's bad for you. So at some point, energy drinks are probably <laughs> going to be banned the same way that tobacco was. Yeah, uh, just because there's always a negative on something. But this all so, put let aside. Let me ask this real quick. As long as we're speaking about stuff that's bad for you, you know, uh-huh. there was a while that these um, e-cigarettes were were all over indie cars. You know, you had the the mystic car and the blue car. Um, have they legislated that out, or is that you're asking they just the wrong guy on that one, boy? Okay, you're asking right. the wrong guy. But it, here's what I will say of something I do know. Um, since I don't know your the answer to your question, I will say this: Ed Carpenter is one of the best owners in the IndyCar series, period, uh, because he's one of those guys that's very much able to punch well above his weight. I mean, you look at what he's able to do with what he has and the resources. To be able to just go and take the fight to Penske at times, um, more often than not, they're able to do that. And they're doing it when when you look across the band of who's driving Hondas and who's driving Chevys. Yeah, besides Penske, there's not really another team that you can think of that comes to mind as being overly competitive off the top of your head that's driving Chevys besides Penske and Ed Carpenter. Everybody else is in Hondas. Uh, maybe Carlin and Yunkos and those guys can start to come into the fold, but all the big name teams besides Penske and, and Carpenter are all driving Hondas. And I think it's so crucial that as far as a balance of power here, that, you know, sponsors recognize what they can get with a team like Ed Carpenter racing, because they're going to get a top notch organization with a good talent and Spencer Piggott, a good owner in Ed Carpenter, who clearly knows what he's doing inside and out. And, you know, let's see how this progression goes with Ed Jones. They may have found their next guy that can pair pair off with Spencer after um, after Ed hangs it up for good. All right. So, uh, uh, you know, good stuff there. You know, we wish Ed Carpenter the best. Uh, again, like you said, they've done less with more of this. You know, they, they have consistently won races, um, you know, with, with New Garden, with uh, Conway. Um uh, yeah, it, they, they weren't expected to win. So, um, one last bit of IndyCar news before we start talking, because we've got uh, we need to save some time to talk about Formula One and NASCAR. They're both actually race this weekend, but uh, uh, IndyCar has hit the track at Coda for the first time. Um, the one guy who had driven at Coda before, um, Rossi, was there, um, and <laughs> of course, uh, Carlin had their mystery driver. Uh, which uh, we all know was R.C. Enerson. So, um, Joey, what are you hearing about the um, the, the test at, uh, at Coda? A, a lot of the feedback I heard um, from the drivers was very positive. 
Um, Tony Kanaan had said that the track was very physical, and Kanaan being one of the most physically fit guys out there, he says, yeah, I got to go to the gym and change my routine a little bit. So um, what else are you hearing? Yeah, I mean, everything I've heard coming out of there has been pretty positive, and, and I would expect that track to be incredibly challenging. I mean, that's one of the few tracks that Formula One runs on that actually has something unique to offer. So... Um, you've got a blend of elevation changes, the offset S's, uh, let alone the, the turn one being a, a very, uh, I don't know, another way to say this, altitude changing off-camber left-hander that, that leads down into the offset S's. So um, double apex in the back end. There's a lot there for the drivers to love. There's a lot there for the fans to like in terms of what kind of racing product that they're going to get. And I'm very intrigued to see what IndyCar can do there because we've got this tire test. We've got spring training there in February. The second race of the season for IndyCar is going to be down there in Austin. When you match that up with, with what kind of show we normally see out of IndyCar, especially with this Universal Aero Kit, I'm intrigued to see what we're going to get uh, compared to what we saw at a Formula One just a couple weeks ago. I mean, that, that was the race of the year so far. And, uh, you know, if, if IndyCar can get anything close to that, I mean, I think it's going to be a home run for sure. Um, I, I think it's intriguing that we learned who the mystery driver was for Carlin. I don't know if it was a, too much of a surprise to some of us, but I think what's going to be fascinating to see, there's some people that I've talked to that think that he's a third driver, and there's other people that think that maybe he is, in fact, Kimball's replacement. So take that what you will. Um, I know that there's still a few things up in the air. There's nothing that's been made official, um, so I'm not going to put my name in the hat and give an opinion on on what I think the situation is, but I just know that depending on who you talk to, that's kind of the situation right now at Carlin. Yeah, I know Charlie's got some some funding. He doesn't have the same amount he had last year, but he's still got some, so I don't know if uh, that's going to keep him in a Carlin car or perhaps see him in a partial season with Yunkos. But uh, I'll tell you what, I really like Charlie Kimball. The guy gets uh, gets a bad rap sometimes, but uh, I, I've had some, some great conversation with him. I think he's a stand-up guy. Um, and I hope that, uh, you know, if he's out of Carlin, I hope that he finds a way to stay in the series next year. So, But with that being said, let's, uh, let's move on. Uh, talk about this race at Martinsville. Uh, now, Gray, did you did you head down to the track this weekend or no? No, I didn't go this weekend. Uh, I didn't go. I didn't go with it. You and I both went last year, and it was cold as could be. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really think I, I, this late October date is not um, sit well for the mountains of Virginia. But uh, but my gosh, what a good race! You know, uh, close quarter racing, bumping and banging, uh, and right up right up there at the end, we had a. Uh, Joey Logano, you know, trying to hold off Martin Truex, uh, couldn't, you know, Martin finally got him, uh, but but he left the door open. Joey moved him over, right? He didn't spin him. He didn't wreck him. He moved him over. Uh, Denny Hamlin nearly took the win. Uh, you know, if that start-finish line was uh, 100 yards up, uh, Denny Hamlin wins that race uh, for the two of them banging, but... Um, uh, the aftermath of it is, you know, Joey's headed to Miami um, with, with, a, with a golden ticket. Um, and Martin is not happy, giving him the thumbs down. But uh, so, uh, Seth, Gray, you guys go ahead and break down this Martinsville race. Well, it was it was interesting. And, of course, the stage was set. It's the 
it's the first race and the last segment before the, that, that, that will settle the championship four. So it's very important to, to punch your ticket, like you said, uh, to, to go there. Uh, that you you can you get it get it done get it over with and it doesn't matter what happens at Texas and Phoenix you're already set so yeah a lot at stake uh, a, a win is, is is a big enough deal but when you put add that into the the transfer uh, it it, ma- it makes it huge and uh, yeah controversial finish but um, you know these are race car drivers they're paid to win and uh, that's that's what you do. You can look at it many different ways, and you're going to ask 10, 10 fans, and you're going to get 10 different views on it. But uh, um, Truex left the door open for uh, – raced him hard and, uh, and and got around him, left the door open for Joey, and, and Joey did what he was paid to do was uh, get the win. And he uh, – had the roles been reversed, uh, it would have been the same thing. So uh, – uh, you know, it's, it's it's just the way it went. It was a very competitive race, but uh, pretty much Joey uh, dominated it uh, most of the day, led the most laps and kept himself in position to win. His pit crew did a fantastic job for him all day. Uh, he was plus eight on pit stop exchanges, and that's, that's pretty incredible. They didn't lose a single position, and in fact, gained him eight positions throughout the day. Um, during each pit stop exchange, and that's extraordinary uh, and very important at a trace like, track like Martinsville, where uh, track position is is so important. But uh, Joey's moving on. Martin's upset, but you've still got uh, you know two more races to go with Texas and Phoenix coming up to to see how this uh, how this final four is going to shape up. And speaking of track position being key, uh, Truex, uh, his car actually failed post-qualifying tech hmm. slash pre-race tech. And the way they did it this weekend, uh, because it was an impound race, his qualifying time was disallowed. And he actually started outside the top 35. So just for him to climb all the way up to second place at a track like Martinsville is impressive all its own. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's, I believe that's, he finished third, though. Yeah, it's quite. quite yeah, he a, was quite, bowing for a yeah, second though. Quite a feat. But yeah, he, yeah. He, well, but he yeah. drove to the he drove to the front and led some laps. So yeah, that was that's quite a feat at Martinsville, and that takes uh, takes a good car and takes some strategy and some things to fall right, some some cautions to fall right to where you can, uh, you know, uh, pit not pit and, and gain some track position, and, and of course they played their cards right and and put themselves in position. To, to win, um, you know, but it's, it's, it's part of racing. It's what the fans, I think, want to see. I think that's you want to see a competitive race. You want to see one come down to a last lap pass. You want, it, you want it exciting where the fans are, you know, up off their seat, standing and watching the last few laps of the race, and that's, just, that's certainly what they, what they got. And uh, NASCAR's got to be happy um, um, to uh, – to go and like I said, Joey Joey's been in some controversial finishes. Uh, of course, you know it wasn't a couple of years ago when uh, he got the raw end uh, w- uh, of of uh, uh, Kenseth. Matt Kenseth when Kenseth took him out up there after an altercation uh, earlier at Kansas. So yeah, he's he's but Joey's not afraid to get in there and mix it up. I mean, like I said, he's 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 gonna he's got the car. He's gonna he's gonna go. Um, you know and it, 
I saw I saw a thing today where uh, uh, a meme on uh, social media where uh, it was a, it was a picture of a car and the front half of it was the three car of Earnhardt Senior and the back half of it was the was the yellow twenty two of Joey Logano and a lot of people f- seem to forget that Earnhardt was notorious for 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 moving. Uh, moving guys out of the way to win races but you know it's all and it's all in how you're perceived Earnhardt was perceived as a folk hero and Joey is Joey's not viewed in the same light but uh but they both won had won races in the same manner and yeah see that that's the thing that's why Joey's taking a beat on social media because people just don't like Joey right Right. Yeah, he's Logano, he's, Logano, he's I mean, considered you know to the, like Joey he's Bart. considered somewhat of an outsider Right, and, they, uh, and he's he's got a bad rap of of maybe yeah. people out of the way, but I mean, if the roles reverse and Truex had 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 pushed Joey over a little and won the yeah. race, and you, you wouldn't have quite the backlash. You'd have a little, but not look at, much because you know, people think Truex is a good guy, you know, and and whatnot. But uh, you said it's just oh, it's just hard short track racing. But, uh, you know, because it's Logano. And if it was Logano and Kyle Busch, I'm like, well, that's like, you know, nobody likes either one of those. So there's yeah. like. And they don't like each other. So. Yeah, who but, do you root but, for? Vampires or werewolves? You know yeah. what I mean? You cool. go back to the race several weeks, of, some months back, you know, between Kyle Busch and Kyle Larson. You know, that was the same. That was a similar race. They both raced each other hard on the last lap. And, um, um, Bush, you know, uh, Kyle gets around Bush, leaves the door open, and Kyle gets into the back of him, moves him up the, moves him up the racetrack, and uh, they, those two guys, they, you know, they shake hands and say, "Man, that was fun! What a great race!" and and they move on, you know, those, those. But you know, it's like I think Roger Penske had the best uh, comeback in his post-race comments, you know. And and he said Truex, if he's any kind of racer, he should know better. And after his yeah, after his comments, and I, I tend to agree with Penske. Obviously, Penske's on the winning end, winning end of the deal. But but yeah, you know, and 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 it comes back around. It'll come back around where where it comes back, and and you 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 learn from it. You put yourself in position, and the the next time you're the you're the guy. You're not on the receiving end. You're on the giving end uh, of an incident like this. Um, and, and that's the way it goes. But if you sit there and hold a grudge and go back and 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 try to do retribution later on, especially when a championship's at, at uh, you know in the balance, uh, you know Martin Truex is not going to win me any any fans if he tries something later on too. All right, so let's let's talk about the final four. Now we know Joey's in, right? There's yep. There's uh, three three spots to go, two races to go. Um, uh, you know, Kyle Busch finished fourth. Uh, got some good points there. Kurt Busch finished sixth. Good points there. Chase Elliott finished seventh. Um, who who is a uh, kind of on the outside looking in that can maybe steal the show here? Well, Kyle, uh, you first you look at you know Joey's in. Then you've got guys like Harvick and uh, and Kyle Busch who have built up enough points that could probably if they don't, you know. Uh, if an outlier wins any of these next two races can still, can still transfer. Still, obviously I think you're going to get your, 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 your tra- most of your transfers are going to come from these, uh, from these next two races and you'll have probably maybe one transfer from the, from the points angle. So it's still going to, these next two races are going to be highly, highly competitive. 
and you can look at some of the past races there. You gotta you gotta give Harvick a nod. At, at Texas, I think he'll, he's going to be strong there. Uh, he's going to be strong at Phoenix, we know. Um, Kyle Busch, that, that team's going to turn up the wick, and the 78's going to turn up the wick too. But you're going to have some other guys that, that are going to be uh, going to play the spoiler role uh, uh, in these two races. I think uh, Keselowski in the two is one of these guys that could, uh, could very well be a spoiler uh, for that. And if he's in, in – uh, you know, I tell you, I, 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 I kind of tend like what Kyle Petty said. Um, when the two car got eliminated uh, in the last round, I think a lot of guys breathed a sigh of relief because he's a form. He would he would be formidable uh, if if he went to uh, to transfer to this next round and, and then had a shot at transferring to Miami. Um, but uh, I still think you got your favorites, the, the 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 top three, the big three, if you want to call them it. I still think they. Uh, they may be the favorites to transfer along with uh, with Logano. Meanwhile, last week I made the prediction that I didn't think any of the top three is going to win in this round. I still don't think that they're going to win in this round, only because, yes, they're going to try turning up the wick, but it seems like all three of them have lost a little bit of their uh, thunder that they've had throughout the entire season. I mean, you've had Chase Elliott come to life. You've had Keselowski, as you said. Almirola seems to be uh, finding his stride. So there's a number of different drivers. Uh, I mean, you could also throw in Kyle Larson if they can get their act together over at Chip Ganassi Racing and Denny Hamlin as well. So there's a number of drivers that could play a spoiler and could even steal a spot from the big three. Yeah, I go back to Harvick, though, because... You know, you agree they haven't they haven't found victory lane, but still they've had dominant cars. You go back to Dover, and and Harvick had he not had the trouble on uh, pit road, would more than likely in my mind would have won that race there. Uh, we won't we will never know, but uh, it, it appeared that way. He ran strong all day long, so I, I'm still thinking that you know he he would uh, he he's still going to be formidable, particularly going to. Uh, to Texas, and then we all know his track record at uh, at Phoenix. But you know, law averages says at Phoenix, you know, it's it's time for him to not you know run run as well there as he has in the past. But yeah, you're right. There's a lot of guys that are on the outside that that could could prove to be spoilers uh, spoilers in this deal. So we'll just have to. I mean, I look forward to these next two races. They're going to be going to be highly anticipated, and, and I think very exciting. Absolutely, yeah. So, um, so the, the the four guys below the cut line coming out of Martinsville are Kurt Busch, Chase Elliott, Clint Boyer, and Eric Amarola. <clears throat> Eric Amarola is fifty points back. Uh, Clint's forty two, thirty one for Chase, and twenty five um, for for Kurt Busch. And but Harvick's twenty five plus. So there's a there's a fifty point swing. Between between cut line, you know, the guy uh, above mm-hmm. the cut line, the guy below, it's a 50-point swing. So that's uh, – so these these other guys are in pretty much a must-win yeah, must, right now. Must wins, yeah, it, it puts them yeah, so. yeah, must, must-win situations. So, yeah, they're going to have to – they're going to have to really, you know, turn the wick up and pull out all the stops. So that's why I think, you know, these next couple of races are going to be highly competitive. So we'll, we'll see what – 
see what goes down. Seth, did did, did uh, we hear some news out of the Jimmy Johnson camp this week? Yes, we did. Uh, okay. Ally Financial will be his primary sponsor for the next two seasons at Hendrick Motorsports in the number 48. Uh, it's actually technically not their first time on a Hendrick Motorsports car prior to the 2000 prior to 2010 they were known as GMAC okay. and and if you remember GMAC it was a sponsor of Brian Vickers, Ricky Hendrick, Jack Sprague, all Hendrick drivers at one point or another. Uh, Kyle Busch carried those colors uh when he was in the 5 some too, did he not? In the Bush series, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean that yeah, like I said just a name change but but uh but back on uh, back on it, and then say it's for two years. So that to, to me, that kind of coincides with uh, what we think will be the uh, last couple of years of Jimmy's Cup career. And now, is, be, is that a is that deal a you know full full, full season. season full season? Okay, yeah, that, that's you know that's incredible because uh, the full season deals like we talk about all the time are fewer and farther between and and Lowe's was one of the last ones there so for them guys to to jump into a full season sponsorship deal I man that's that's great for them you know yeah well and I'm done. sure that well takes, a lo- takes a big load off the uh off the Hendrick group now they can uh they can press forward with uh, with their program and uh trying to to uh, upgrade their cars and their equipment and and program for, for for 2019. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's a that's big news for for that organization. I'm sure they, you know, they they're they're ready to roll for next year already. All right, so let's uh, let's look forward to Texas, uh, Joey. I know you'll be at the track. Um, that that's your home track, not far from your home. So uh, let's let's go ahead and kind of preview Texas and. Uh, Pick us some winners before we um, talk about this Formula One race in Mexico, Joey. Um, I mean, Kevin Harvick is—he wins at fifty percent of the races I end up covering, um, which is a unique stat. But uh, there's always a Cinderella in this round that gets eliminated, and there's always a Cinderella that advances. I think Elmerol is the one that gets eliminated, but I think Clint Boyer is the one that advances, and I think he gets a job done on Sunday to do that. All right, that's a bold pick. So, uh, Seth, who do you like for Texas? Well, similar to what Joey was saying, but the other way around, I think it's Almirola who advances via win at Texas. Okay. okay. All right, Richard, who do you like? Kislowski. Okay. Gray. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with the, the smart money. I'm gonna say Harvick. Harvick's tough. I think that fourteen. Knows knows what's in front of them. Knows what they have to do, barring any misfortune uh, on on pit road or anything. I think Harvick. Uh, I think Harvick pretty much he can dom- dominate this race and uh, and come away with the win. All right, and I'm going to say that that uh, Martin Truex, who's uh, all fired up right now, uh, wants to. I believe his comment was that. Uh, yeah, Joey may have won his battle, but he ain't winning the damn war. I think that uh, Truex is going to make good on that. <laughs> so sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Kill you know, him. and that would probably be to me. That would be the best thing to happen to Joey Logano if the seventy-eight does go ahead and automatically transfer, because then, then that way he he can't risk 
taking out Joey. <laughs> I mean, and, and eliminating right, himself. Right, right, yeah. yeah so. So Here, here's, here's, here's the thing I'm wondering: what is there really to risk if Martin Truex Jr. were to take out Joey Logano? At, I mean, you're not going to find the team. You're not going to well, no, tell the team. Is, I mean, the team, the team's leaving. I mean, what do you, what do you got to lose? Right, but, but, but yeah, you, what do you got to lose? But I'm, well, I'm just saying, cha- Martin, Martin's been strong on on these type tracks, and I think Martin's going to. Uh, you know, take that aggression and and funnel it into yeah. running a good race at Texas and winning and punching his ticket in, so that he's uh can put his little anger with Logano behind him. So yeah, because basically he can't if he if he goes ahead and 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 trans gets in the gets in the final four, and he's got then he's not going to risk getting in an altercation with Joey. Because that 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 could end up ruining his chance to win the championship, and obviously that's the that's the end game for 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 both of them. If something were to happen to where, say, um, his his shot at winning the championship is gone before we get to Miami or before the end of the race at Miami, then yeah, I mean he may he may want to, you know. Uh, extract some revenge then but i think basically if he still got a shot going into win at miami he's not going to do anything that could actually cause him to be taken out in an altercation with joey logano too so basically we'll just have to it's going to have to see how it plays out i, I would argue there's exactly. even more incentive but that's, well, either uh, way logano either way truix is getting logano at miami i think whether it's for the championship or whether it's to keep him from winning it, I think yeah. either way, Truex, or I think either way, Logano screwed. <laughs> so I don't think I don't. If Martin, if Martin's one of the final four, he's not going to risk it. Oh really? So if Logano's in front of you in Miami and yeah, but, you just but, think back to Martin, that's what I'm saying. Either way, Logano's getting paid back. Right. If they, if it comes down to him on the last lap, right, or, or late in the race, running for that, yeah, I see that altercation, but. But anything, anything beyond the last lap at Martinsville, if both of them are transfer, they're not going to eat. He's not going to take a chance of getting an altercation that could take him out as well. You know, some if he could get to him and where he could the last lap where he could turn him or move him or something like that. But he's not going to do it prior to a late race type thing because basically you do that, you, you know, there's other, there could be all kinds of retribution. You know, he could. He could take a damaged car and go back out and wreck them, you know, anything. So, yeah, so if, if Truex tr- gets into the final four, yeah, they're both going to have to – they're both going to protect what they've got to the final lap of that race at at, at, uh, at Miami. Yeah, this, this is not like when Kenseth uh, was eliminated, so he went ahead and eliminated Logano. Right, at, yeah. At Martinsville two, three years ago, so. Hey, Frank. Yeah. Hey, Joe. Here's, here's what I do know. Martin Truex Jr.'s got a championship. Joey Logano does not. Joey Logano is bordering Denny Hamlin levels of choke artistry. Oh, yeah. I mean, let's, let's be honest here. I mean, that, that's yeah, literally yeah, what's they, on the they, line they, this year. They could, they could take one another out and let Kyle Busch or Kevin Harvick win another, yeah. so And we haven't had a repeat winner since the, um, you know, the playoff format, so. Yeah, and there you know, you know, you know Truex wants to go out on top. He wants to, you know, they want to end he they want to end that they want to end that deal with a with a championship and and you know, pay back Barney for for what he's done and that team that team's still working hard and still uh 
you know, you know, they came to Martinsville loaded, loaded for bear and, and they didn't show the, they, they certainly didn't run like a lame duck team, you know, at Martinsville. So that tells me that they're still got, you know, still their focus is still there for that championship and they're going to, they're going to do everything they can to, to win it. All right. So let's devote our last 10 minutes to formula one, formula one. We have crowned a five-time champion. So Lewis Hamilton matches Juan Fangio and it puts him two behind Schumacher. Um, Max Verstappen won the battle. Lewis Hamilton won the war. Uh, the poor guy on the sidelines who was unhappy is Daniel Ricciardo. Richard, let's talk about this Formula One race. Yeah, second week in a row, sort of McLaren, uh, McLaren excuse me, Mercedes sort of stutter across the line, really. Um, they, you know, Hamilton did what he had to do. It certainly wasn't a comfortable race for the Mercedes camp. Um, you know, quite a way off the pace in reality. Um, I think with it, it, it was quite appropriate with it being Halloween week. I think hell throws over because uh, Christian Horner was actually complimentary towards Renault. Um, the, uh, the, the the higher altitudes that you saw in, in, in Mexico probably help them a little bit, help the turbos be a little bit more efficient and uh, certainly gave the Renault engine a little bit more parity with the uh, with the Mercedes and Ferrari power units. So uh, it was it was actually an entertaining race in many, many ways. Um, you know, the tyres were struggling. Uh, people were struggling to, to make those tyres last. But, um, you know, what can you say about Max Verstappen? I mean, it was a perfect drive from him. Uh, did everything he could be asked to do, really. Didn't get the pole in qualifying, but uh, off the start there, managed to get ahead of uh, Daniel Ricciardo. Ricciardo had a bit of um, excess wheel spin off the line and controlled the race, really. Uh, should have been a Red Bull 1-2, but as again, for the second week in a row, uh, Ricciardo had uh, had engine... Oh, I'm sorry. In fact, it wasn't engine this time, apparently. It was clutch. Clutch failure. So, um, the... Uh, uh, Red Bull, oh, sorry, yeah, Red Bull didn't have an opportunity to, to throw any stones at those guys on that scenario. It was an internal, in-house issue, but um, it was, uh, you know, you just wish that you could have more races like this. You know, there's battles between those big six guys week in, week out. Um, and it was interesting again. I know, um, I know they've turned around and, and said, uh, or. Mercedes turned around and said, "Oh, this this wheel fairing um, issue has nothing to do with their poor performance at um, um, Coda and then in Mexico." But I don't believe that. <laughs> do you I think? think the, do you think that maybe the? Uh, don't mean to interrupt you here, but the one no. thing that I'm that that I kind of caught is the fact that this is the second week in a row that, for whatever reason, in the race. The second pit stop they're giving Hamilton always seems to be on scuff tires or tires that were used from qualifying. I don't understand why they're not leaving him a fresh set on race day for that second stop. Well, yeah, yeah it's a very good point. Um, it's a good, it's an interesting question. I mean, no doubt the Achilles heel of the, that Mercedes car this year at times has been tire management, and it was interesting that when they introduced these. Um, Wheel, you know, wheel rooms, special vented wheel, wheel rooms, which are designed to uh, help reduce 
um, you know, tyre wear and, and control the temperature range of the tyres. You know, they've dominated the last five or six races when they've had this, um, you know, special wheel room. Now, now they've not raced in the US and um, in Mexico. They've they've struggled, and you know, the tire management there hasn't been great. Um, and yeah, you, you're right. It's you know, are they putting too much pressure on themselves through qualifying and through practice that they don't have the correct tires available come race day, especially with that drop of in performance? Um, it's certainly an area that they need to improve on, and I think it's very telling that that scenario where they had that toy taking away from them, or um, what's the phrase? Uh, you know, they've been ever so generous and take you know, and it's a sort of self-imposed. Um, removal of that uh, of, of that part that uh, they've struggled but um yeah I, I God, you just hope that more races are like that next year don't you because that was great to see yeah i mean i i i enjoyed it i i think what's interesting to me the biggest takeaway that i i when i look at the last two grand prix in particular I've seen something out of max for stopping that i've never seen before and it's starting to make sense that if he continues to run like this, why Red Bull went to him first, why Red Bull invested in him first before Daniel Ricciardo. Because if this is the kind of driver that we're going to get, I mean, any time that you're doing a contract with somebody, you're not buying into what they've done. You're buying into the potential of what you expect. And so I mm-hmm. feel like in this scenario, if Max can continue to do the ridiculously superb drive that we saw at Coda, and anything short of the pole, it would have been a, you know, 0.026, you know, two one-hundredths of a second is what he fell off from Daniel Ricciardo and pole. He would have swept practices. He would have swept the swept the pole, the race. It would have been a complete weekend for him. He was still He's still on par to be the youngest pole winner should he get pole any time in, like, the next year. So, uh, you know, from that perspective, I mean, it's, it's crazy to think about how yeah. much more there's still left to see of Verstappen. Whenever we've got him at Red Bull, they're trying to build around their next Vettel. Charles Leclerc, mm-hmm. Ferrari, guys like that. Um, he's impressed me. And I've always been, you know this for a fact, Richard, I've always been really critical of Verstappen. I'm not always the guy yeah. that has the nicest things to say. But, um, you know, we're starting to see the, the shell crack around Ricardo, and we're really starting to see the the best out of Max Verstappen. And it certainly looks like Christian Horner and company have made the right decision moving forward for their organization. How long, it's interesting because what kind I of think, contract does he have? Since the I'm sorry. Ooh, that's a good question. Five, five years. I thought it was five years. Yeah, it's a long. It's a keep keep him in the fold. Yeah, five years. I mean, the I interesting. Think. I think the, the the most interesting thing about it is, you know, obviously, you know, Verstappen came on when he was at um, Toro Rosso. You know, as a seventeen-year-old or whatever crazy uh, age it was that he, he first drove in Formula 1 you know he's always been touted as the, you know the next the guy that's going to take it to Hamilton and Vettel and guys like that and then he he got obviously got that win in Spain um, his first drive for Red Bull which really sort of made people you know, sit up and take note but it's I don't know there's, there's something you know he, he'd sort of stagnated a little bit but I think you're right in the last few weeks and months you've certainly seen his you know his ability come through and it, it may just be because he's been in a car that's had the ability to win 
Well, you know, and, and he's maturing. I mean, yeah, basically, he, there was a reckless recklessness about him, you know, uh, when he first started. He got that first win at Spain. What's that been, two years ago now? Got uh, two and a half years ago now. Yeah, two yeah. and a half years ago. So, I mean, you know, basically, he's, he's, he's kind of matured in that ride. And like Joey said, basically, they put him in that, put him in that thing based on potential. Let me, I yeah. know Frank's Frank's going to kill us if we don't cover this with the f- little few minutes we have left. Because Verstappen is naturally stealing Hamilton's thunder in this scenario, just briefly, what's the magnitude that of what we just witnessed this past weekend with Hamilton's getting his fifth championship, Richard? I mean, you know, you've got to give the guy credit, you, you know, massively without any hesitation. And I think the most impressive thing this year is the fact that Bottas hasn't won. You know, it it obviously shows the level of competitive competitiveness within the grid that Hamilton's won how was it, eight races this season, um, and you know Bodas hasn't won any. And admittedly, at certain situations, he's been playing uh, you know the number two role unfairly, I think, in many people's eyes. But he, um, you know, he, this season has been. Pretty damn impressive. It really has. You got to give the guy credit. Um, I think and this has probably been one of his better drives because basically he's been challenged this year, and in and in other other several of his other championships, he was he wasn't challenged that much. It was it was a foregone conclusion that he was going to drive the Mercedes to the world championship this year. I think uh, he was challenged somewhat because of, re, of the resurgence of uh, of Ferrari. Yeah, and you know he, he he's put himself out there. He he's he's stepped up his game. He's he's, he's really gone out there and, and tried to silence a lot of those critics because he does have critics for his personality and his personal life and and the like. So you can't um, you know you, you've got to praise the guy where where praise is due. And um, yeah, it's it's been you know he's been impressive this year. And uh, you know you just you just. Again, not to be critical, you just want something a little bit more from him on a personality level that includes not being a complete idiot at times. Well, I mean, you could call the guy an idiot all you want, but uh, but first off, you have to call him a five-time champion. So, oh, for sure. Uh, yeah, you know, good on Lewis there. Um, you know, good on. Uh, Max winning this race. Um, we've got two more races on the Formula One calendar. Uh, we've got Brazil and we've got Abu Dhabi left. Um, and we'll, we'll just have to see how, uh, you know, with Lewis having everything sewn up, if, uh, you know, Valtteri wins a race or if uh, uh, Verstappen uh, comes to or, or Ferrari tries to, um, you know, make amends for their past mistakes. But uh, that'll, be, that'll be in the weeks to come. So, uh <laughs> Joey says cut the day. So anyway, but you know what? We are out of time. I want to thank um, Who Was Your Radio Network. I want to thank iHeartRadio. I want to thank you, Joey, Gray, Seth, Richard. Um, and I want to thank all you folks that tuned in and listened to us. This is Drafting the Circuits. Good night. Website, 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.